Ah, well, I, I'm sure like all of you, uh, uh, I, well, I, this weekend, and I'm sure all of you, many of you, were contemplating what you were grateful for. Uh, how, how many people, as you thought about uh, things to be grateful for, how many of you could come up with at least four things you were grateful for this weekend? Uh, you know, okay, I'm glad so many hands came up. I'm a little surprised some of you didn't raise your hands at all. Does that mean you couldn't even come up with three things? Okay, all right. Uh, lots to be grateful for. Um, of course, one of the things that uh, I thought of this weekend that I'm going to be so grateful for, that I am so grateful for, is all of you. Uh, <clears throat> you guys uh, have been my, my, my church family for 31 years. I started as a little young whippersnapper at McAllister College, and I needed to find uh, a church uh, that I could walk to. I, I, I tried out a few churches, and I had to get on the bus or get a ride from somebody, and this is one I could walk to, and that's, that's how spiritual I was. Uh, and, and that's why I ended up here, <laughs> plus really good preaching uh, and many other things. And you guys welcomed me with a, with a warm heart and with a lot of love, and and, and, and that's how I ended up here 31 years ago. Um, you guys know that uh, uh, it's been, the information's been out there for uh, uh, quite a while now, over, over uh, six weeks, that, um, or about, right about a month, uh, that uh, I'm going to be stepping down from this position as, uh, as associate pastor, um, which is, is uh, you know, I, it breaks my heart. As, as I said, you guys have been uh, my, my family for, for 31 years. Uh, my wife and I did decide that uh, for about three to six months, we are actually going to step away from the congregation, uh, try to discern what's God doing next in our life, uh, and that's going to be super, super hard for me, uh, but I, I also realized, we realized it would be even harder if we stayed, because I don't know if I can not act like your pastor, so, <laughs> and, uh, and some, of, some of you might have a hard time acting like I'm not your pastor. So that's, that's going to, um, those three to six months uh, are, are going to be hard, but I think it's going to be helpful and necessary uh, to kind of make that step, that take that step from being uh, uh, one, of the, one of the leaders to, to, to being just a, a, a member uh, of, of the congregation. So, um, uh, but I, I am, the reason I'm doing this is because God has called me to, uh, to really focus on my other calling uh, for a season, which is to um, uh, edit and write. And, and God told me when I finished seminary about uh, tw- uh, sorry, 10 years ago, uh, he told me that I was going to pastor people through books. I was gonna, that writing was going to be one of the main ways that uh, I would be shepherding uh, the body of Christ. And so the I've already uh, written a couple books and helped a bunch of other people write their books, and I, they have a lot more ahead of me, uh, and I, for a season, I need to focus on that. So thank you for letting me uh, do that, um, uh, but, but as, I, as I thought about this big transition, um, I, I thought about uh, how much gratitude I have in my heart for all of you. Um, if, if I ever write a book about my experiences here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, uh, each of you could could be a chapter, uh, basically. There, there, there is so much, as, as you have allowed me into your life and I've allowed you into my life and our hearts have been knit together, uh, I, I, uh, I, I really could write a chapter on each one of you. Now, a few of you are like, uh, why can't you write a book on me? Oh, okay, okay, fine, fine. Right. 
but, but I really, really could write a chapter on each one of you, and, and I'm so, uh, so grateful for what you've been in, in, in my life. And, and so, uh, because of this gratitude, um, I, I felt like today's message, I needed to do something a little different than I usually do. Uh, I, I, need to, uh, I need to, as kind of a parting message, I need to share my heart with you. Now, this isn't totally my, these aren't totally my last words. I've got two more messages I'm going to bring. Uh, one the week before uh, Christmas, and then Christmas Day itself. Those will be my two last messages here. Uh, though, but those are going to be really focused on Advent and on Christmas. And so because of that, I thought today's message, since we're on this theme of gratitude, and uh, this weekend I, I wanted to, out of gratitude for you, I wanted to share uh, a, a little bit more about my heart. Uh, if I... I, I you know, if I were dying, which I'm not, a few of you have treated me the last month like it's my, you know, felt a little bit like I'm at my own funeral, but that's okay, that's okay, that's cool, I appreciated it. <laughs> You've all said nice things about me, so at least you, you know, not one of those people like get up at my funeral and be like, well, finally he's dead, whew, get him out of here. Um, I, I <laughs> You've all said very nice things to me, um, but you know, if, if I were dying, which I'm not, I would want to say some final words, some parting words, and that's what I want to say this morning, uh, is, is some words that I, I hope will be helpful to you, ultimately, and words that, uh, you know, I, I feel like I just, I just got to get them in there, because um, so, there's not that many more opportunities to get them in there. So, if you will indulge me, fever, you're like, oh boy, all right, um, so, uh, my message this morning is entitled, My Treasure Hunt, and the reason it's entitled, My Treasure Hunt, is because if you were to summarize my entire theology, my entire heart, my entire purpose, my entire life mission, if you were to summarize all of that into a single word, it would be this word, treasure. And uh, specifically, uh, uh, it, it's, if, 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 you were to, um, if you were to force me to break it down a little bit, I would say my entire theology, my entire purpose, uh, it, it, it all focuses on uh, treasuring others and treasuring God. When I, was in theolo- when I was studying theology in seminary a decade ago, you know, we got really in-depth, really into the weeds with all this deep theology, and it was wonderful, and I loved doing that, and I loved studying scripture and all the last 2,000 years of Christian history and, and how we arrived at our theology. I absolutely loved all that stuff. Uh, but at the end of our time in, in, in uh, seminary, I had to uh, try to sort of summarize everything I'd learned. And I was like, this is too much. And, and God began to lead me to this idea of treasuring, that that word treasure actually summarizes my theology and my heart and my purpose and my mission better than anything else. And so what I want to impart today is a few thoughts to you about treasuring other people and about treasuring God. And I, I hope, uh, again, if, if, I, if I were dying and I gathered all my children around and I said, oh, you know, remember this one thing. That's kind of what I'm sort of saying to you today. Like, remember this one thing. So without further ado, let me, let me kind of break this down for you guys. Uh, that first idea of treasuring others. Uh, you know, this idea, it's very biblically based. I'm not 
imagining it. I'm not just making it up. Uh, Way back in the very beginning of the Bible, chapter 1 of Genesis, uh, God says this amazing thing about humankind. He he says, uh, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Right there, that sets apart uh, a biblical faith, uh, sets it apart from any other religion, any other system of thought, uh, is this exaltation of humanity, of the dignity and worthiness of God's creation, not just God's creation, but God's special creation, humanity. And uh, from that foundation of human dignity and human worth, we can conclude that Humans are worth treasuring. Humans are worth investing in as treasures. And, of course, this idea gets, it's all throughout the Bible, but Jesus, of course, picks it up uh, and talks quite a bit about this. Uh, When he says uh, this phrase, particularly, he says, uh, New commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. That you also love one one another. And then, of course, he repeats this many times, especially in the book of John, but uh, throughout all of his teachings. Uh, John uh, loves this idea so much, he repeats it in his, in his letters uh, many, many times, this idea of loving one another. And, and not just, not, it's, this, is a, this is above and beyond just loving your neighbor. This is loving one another as Jesus loved us. That level of love is what he's calling us to. Uh, But it wasn't just John that liked to repeat this from Jesus. Paul, uh, this forms a major part of his theology. Uh, One of his most famous statements in Romans 13, verse 8, he says, Oh, no one anything except the continual debt to love one another. For the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. And in almost each one of Paul's letters, Paul repeats this idea of loving one another or treating one another with the kind of dignity and worthiness uh, that uh, is owed to one another because of the dignity of our creation, created in the image of God. Uh, It wasn't just John and Paul, however. Uh, Peter uh, liked to repeat this. Uh, Three times in his first letter, he tells us to love one another. And in fact, Peter has this interesting phrase. He says, above all... All right, in other words, Peter's saying, the most important thing I'm going to tell you today is this. Above all, keep your love for one another fervent, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Keep your love for one another fervent. Now that, that I don't know about you, but that grips me when I, you know, I, I can use that idea of loving one another. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I love him, and oh yeah, I love her, and blah, blah, blah. But, but he says to keep it fervent. Wow, what a standard. Now, some of you at this point are going to say, now wait a second, Pastor Andrew, all you did is just uh, showed us verses in the Bible about loving one another. How is that your unique and special uh, theology, your unique and special heart and mission? How's that anything different? Well, you caught me. Um, There's nothing unique and special about this theology. Uh, Hopefully, I haven't invented anything new. Uh, I hope none of us invent anything new in our attempts to follow Jesus. Um, But but here's here's why I use the word treasure 
instead of just love one another. I, I mean, it would be totally fine, and hopefully you're using the idea of love one another, but here's why I use the word treasure for myself. It's because the word treasure forces me to think about the actual meaning of the word love. Does that, does that make sense? If I just use the word love, that word has gotten so watered down, it's been so co-opted, uh, it's been used in so many ways, and, you know, it, and those of you who remember the, the 60s and, and how uh, you know, that word got, you know, we turned it into free love, and we, we did, we've done so many things with that word love. Uh, and it's justified so many horrible things. It's justified wars. It's justified uh, tyranny. It's justified rebellion. It's justified all kinds of horrible things, how we misuse that word love. And so I use the word treasure because it forces me to think about what does it actually mean to love other people? Uh, and sometimes that word love, it, 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 <laughs> so here, here's, a, here's kind of a funny example um, when uh, I used to be a school teacher before I was uh, a pastor, and in those days it was we worked at a, I worked at a Christian school, and believe it or not, even some of those Christian kids were not always on their best behavior. I know that's a shock to a few of you, but uh, so so here here's kind of a you know a typical situation that that would come up fairly regularly. You know, I'd, some kid would get in trouble. I'd call up their parents and be like, "Well, little Johnny." Um, you know, I was in trouble for this, that, and the other thing, and the parent would always just stop me right there and say, oh, Mr. Gross, mm, Mr. Gross, but little Johnny, little Johnny just loves Jesus, and he just, he just loves Jesus, so can you just go a little easy on little Johnny? And I'd be like, little Johnny loves Jesus, huh? So the arson that he tried to commit when he tried to burn the building down, Okay, so, okay, oh, yeah, I guess he just loves Jesus. We'll just give him grace, all right? No, I'm, I'm, that's, that didn't actually happen. Arson didn't actually happen. But there were some other pretty bad things that happened, committed by Christian kids who love Jesus, all right? So that's an example I'm giving you of, uh, you know, parents in their mind would, would use that idea of, like, you know, one time when Johnny was four, uh, he would, he, you know, blurted out in Sunday school, I love Jesus! And, uh, and then, you know, parents were like, oh, that's it. That's this, this kid. He just loves Jesus. And then in their mind, forever and ever, little Johnny was this perfect angel, could do no wrong. You, you guys see what I'm saying? How, what we do with that word love? We say, oh, he just loves Jesus. And then, we, then, and then we use that to excuse all kinds of things. And, and instead, the word treasure gets me to think about, gets, forces me to think about, if I actually love other people and not just have a warm emotion towards them, what, what, what is that actually going to look like? And so, uh, you know, loving, uh, loving other people, treasuring them, does that, that means uh, I'm going to value them, all right? That means I'm actually going to work for their well-being. I'm going to work for their well-being. It, it means I'm going to uh, acknowledge the benefits that they give me, they bring me, and then I'm going to express gratitude for those benefits. I'm actually going to connect the dots. A lot of us breeze through life not connecting the dots between uh, how we're benefit by, benefited by other people and then expressing the gratitude for that benefit. Does that, does that make sense? We're just, like, we, we don't even think about all the ways that 
family members and friends, but more than that, neighbors and coworkers, or more than that, strangers on the street actually benefit us. The, the last time you complained about a politician, did you, did you think about how that politician may have actually worked for something that is uh, uh, in your city that's actually directly benefiting you? All right, does that, does that make sense? Um, uh, so we acknowledge the, the benefits and we, then we connect the dots by expressing gratitude. Uh, we, we recognize the worth and the dignity of other people, that worth and dignity that was given to them when they were created, when we were created, and, and just the, the sheer e- existence of another human being means that they're made in the image of God and they are worth that kind of, of dignity. Um, and it means that we work to see value in them apart from the benefits. Does that make sense? So it's, it's good to make a connection between how we benefit from other people and then expressing gratitude, but there are sometimes we, we, we can't even think about how they, we don't even know how they benefit us, and that's fine, but loving one another or treasuring one another requires us to work to see benefits, to, to, sorry, to see their dignity and their worth without the benefits, even if, even if we can't make the connection with benefits. Does that... Does that make sense? There's a few people scratching their heads. This should be revelatory for some of you. Okay. Um, that mean, that mean, when I say work, that means, and I capitalize that word work there because sometimes that means we've got to dig a little bit. Sometimes we need to put some effort into it. We need to sweat a little bit. We need to, to actually maybe shed some tears to try to dig. A, a, a treasure hunter... Treasure hunters don't just go around and casually pick up jewels that are lying on the ground, right? What do treasure hunters do? Treasure hunters dig. Treasure hunters put their back into it. Treasure hunters put some effort into it. And some of you, and I know I have to do this all the time, we all need to, if we're going to take seriously Jesus' commandment to love one another, we need to actually do some digging. We need to actually put some sweat and effort into treasuring one another. Now, some of you are going to say, whoa, Pastor Andrew, you sound like you're crossing the line with that, uh, that faith by grace stuff and this working stuff. Are you talking about works righteousness, Pastor Andrew? Um, not at all. Actually, um, I'm talking about the opposite of works righteousness. I, I'm talking about uh, here, when, when I say we need to work to see the value in somebody, this, the, the work is the actual expression of faith. Work actually expresses the faith. Uh, let, let, me, let me ask you this question here. Uh, let's compare two farmers. Both of them say they trust in God. They have faith in God. They both say, I'm going to pray to God for rain. We need rain. I'm going to pray to God for rain. All right? One of the farmers says, well, I trust God so much, I'm going I'm to kick up my heels, lie back, relax a little bit, because the rain's coming, and hey, I don't need to worry about it. Okay, that sounds like faith, I guess. But now compare that to the other farmer. The other farmer says, I believe God so much when I pray and ask for that rain. I believe he's going to send that rain so much. I'm going to go out and I'm going to start preparing my fields so that when the rain does come, which I know God is sending, my fields are going to be ready to receive that, that, that rain. I, it shouldn't only be Pearlie who says preach. Pastor Jim, you promised me you're going to give me some amens. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that, um, that is, when we work to treasure one another, 
we are expressing authentic faith. All right, that farmer who worked to prepare the fields, that wasn't a lack of faith preparing the fields. He believed God so much that he actually put some sweat and effort into it to make sure that, that the fields were ready when the rain does come. Does that make sense? And that's how we need to treat one another. If we actually treasure one another, all right, and, 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 and I, I realize some of you guys are stressed about all the, and, 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 and sad about some of the, the changes that are happening here at BCF, uh, and, 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 some, and that's going to make some of you like, well, if I really trust God, I'll just let it all go. No, some of you need to press in by working for the welfare and the benefit of this church. It's time for some of you to, some of you are still in kind of pandemic, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I'll just kind of, you know, let things happen. I'll just trust God. Some of, some of us need to press in and work and put some sweat and effort into treasuring one another, okay? And you won't have me around to do that, so I'll do that for you, all right? Um, okay, a question to ask ourselves as I wrap up this part of it is, are other people worth the treasure hunt? A few of you are saying yes. A few of you are saying, of course. We really got to ask ourselves, do we really think other people are worth the treasure hunt? And I'm not just saying, and some of you are saying, yeah, I'm worth the treasure hunt. Okay, that's fine. Are other people worth the treasure hunt? Some of you are like, oh, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so treasure worthy. <clears throat> are other people worth the treasure hunt? Okay, just going to leave you with that question there. Now, as an example of this, okay, I, I, I told you earlier I could write chapters on each one of you. This is very true. Um, I don't have time right now. I, right now, I could, I could consume our entire time giving a chapter on each, telling it, you all uh, verbally a chapter on each one of you how much I treasure you guys and what I think of you when, I, when I'm doing this treasure hunting. Because uh, this, this, this consumes a lot of my time as, as, a, as a pastor here, actually, is, is I, I, I pray, as I pray for you, as I think about you, as I, I think through the things that I, I find so treasure-worthy about you, and I try to get really specific. Somebody is treasuring over there. Okay. <clears throat> um, but I don't, we don't have time for that. And so, uh, and, and if I picked uh, just a couple of you, the rest, the other 98% of you would be like, why didn't he say something about me? Uh, so what I'm going to do, just so you all, uh, everyone is collectively feels bad about me saying nothing about you right now, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to specifically name my coworkers, uh, and, and, and I'm just going to, again, my coworkers who I work with very closely here at this church, uh, I, these are the other people who, are like me, are paid for doing, playing some role here at church. Uh, um, I, I, I could uh, write probably three chapters on each of these people, but I've reduced it down to a single sentence in the interest of time, and all the rest of you who feel, are going to feel really bad, why didn't I say anything, why didn't he say anything about me, I just know, I think these things about all of you, I'm going to name several of you because, uh, yeah, because of time. All right, so, um, Miss Sylvia, uh, you, oh, he was going to cry, sorry. Um, uh, Miss Sylvia, um, you inspire me. I treasure you. You would crawl over broken glass for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and your self-sacrifice inspires me. Um, Cherry, um, I treasure you. You have 
unshakable faith. You have had to been forced to persevere through many, many trials, but your faith has proven unshakable, and that unshakable faith inspires me. Pastor Justin, uh, I treasure you. You have a true pastor's heart. That inspires me. Todd, um, Todd Thompson, I treasure you. You do thorough, excellent work around here, even though it is hidden from most people most of the time. But I notice, and that inspires me. Benjamin, I treasure you. You have the heart and the actions of a true friend in all of the things that you do. That inspires me. Pastor Marnie, <clears throat> I treasure you. You keep it real. Please keep bringing the real. That inspires me. Tiffany, I treasure you. You keep choosing hidden obedience. And you think nobody sees, but I notice. And God is pleased with that hidden obedience. That inspires me. Pastor Steve, I treasure you. Your intellectual and theological leadership and insights are worth the dig. They are worth the treasure hunt. You inspire me to keep digging. I could say something much more about every single one, but now we're all, except for those of you uh, who are employed here, I, I, uh, we're all equally, equal opportunity disappointment. I didn't say anything about you publicly. <laughs> But I love you all very dearly, and I treasure you in my heart. And this is what I do in my heart when I think about you. Why'd you have to say that, Pastor Jim? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. We're going to move on from that. All right. Now here comes the real heart of what I wanted to say. All right. Treasure others. Are they worth the treasure hunt? The second part of this, treasuring God. Um... This is definitely the most important part of this message that I want to share with you this morning. Um, treasuring God. Of course, this comes straight from the Bible, treasuring God. Uh, that famous verse, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And Jesus quotes that in Matthew chapter 22, verse 38, and he calls this the greatest of the commandments. Um, uh, of course, uh, throughout the, this is throughout the Bible. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 12, King Solomon says, uh, Treasure up my commandments, uh, my, uh, keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. It's, that, it's a very old-fashioned image of as apple of your eye. That means like, that's the focal point of everything that I really treasure and, and delight in. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jesus picks up this theme when he tells us to seek first the kingdom. If you're really doing a treasure hunt for God, that means his kingdom comes before everything else in your life. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus used that famous parable when he was describing what is the kingdom, and he calls it a treasure in a field. And in that parable, he says it's like someone who finds a treasure in the field, they, uh, they, they see how valuable the treasure is, it's so valuable that they go and sell everything they have, and they go and buy that field. 
because they want that treasure in that field. And so, uh, that, that, again, that's speaking of this, this treasure hunt, this hunt for the true treasure, the full treasure of God. Uh, and, uh, and, then, and then Paul, this is one of his favorite themes, he brings up this idea a lot. In his letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verse 3, he talks about uh, how in Christ are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then, and then maybe the verse that uh, if, 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 if someone put a gun to my head and said, what's your life verse? And I, I usually hate that question because how can you just pick one verse? I mean, I'd, I'd hold up the whole thing and say, it's all right here, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but if someone held a gun to my head and said, you have to tell me your life verse, uh, <clears throat> I, I, this is what I would tell them, is, is, is this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, where uh, Paul writes about his own calling, and his own calling, he sees it as to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I, I think that, that that image of unsearchable riches, it's like if you went into a treasure room, and uh, I, I, I just saw the, 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 um, the, the movie uh, that they came out a few years ago about The Hobbit, and uh, there's, there's a scene in there where there's, there's a big treasure hoard in a, in, a, in a vast room, and it's just so big that it takes up everything. But, and that would be astounding to, to be in the presence of a treasure that big. But in this image that Paul uses, uh, the, the, the treasure is so big that it's unsearchable. Uh, you could go from uh, on and on and on uh, forever and ever and still never come to the end of this treasure. And in fact, that's exactly what's, what our eternity is going to be. Our eternity is going to be, in fact, the reason we need eternity, the reason we need eternal life is because it's going to take an infinite amount of time to come to the end of the treasure that is in Christ. Did you know that? It's going to take an infinite amount of time to come to the end of the treasure that is Jesus Christ. Now, some of us, it's like, it's like let's say that treasure is a, is a giant palace. Jesus is a, is a giant palace, and, and some of us, we, we, we are stuck at the entryway of that palace. Uh, the entryway is so big and so beautiful and so grand and so lovely. Have you ever walked into one of those mansions on Summit or some other famous building, and, and you just look, you kind of are in awe of the entryway. There's so much detail and all the artwork and so many fine features, and you're, you're just kind of lost there for a few minutes. That's what some of you are like. With, uh, with salvation, which is the entryway. Salvation into Christ, that's, that's the entryway. And that's great. I mean, the entryway alone is, 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 is worth every, everything we've got. But for, for all of us, God is calling us deeper into the palace. God's saying there's even more. Come even deeper into the palace of Jesus Christ and begin exploring the various rooms. And, and for, for some of you, even this day, the Holy Spirit's knocking at the door of your heart saying, come deeper into the palace. Come deeper and explore more. Some of you have been content to, to hang out at the entryway. And, 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 and no wonder, it's, the entryway is gorgeous. It's amazing. It, it's worth our awe and our wonder. But God is calling you even deeper. And in fact, this, this church and its mission won't survive or be fruitful if some of you don't start coming deeper into the palace. If some of you don't 
leave the entryway. The entryway is fantastic. It's not going anywhere. <clears throat> but some of you are being called deeper into the palace to explore more of the rooms, to explore more of the unsearchable riches of Christ. And some of you are like, oh, I've got an eternity for that. Yes, but your, your eternity starts now. And God is calling you deeper. The way that this church is going to be fruitful in the future is if more of us uh, enter into the palace and sink our roots deeper, deeper into Christ himself and begin to explore the unsearchable riches of Christ. <clears throat> Are we willing to dig for the unsearchable riches of Christ? Are we willing to put some sweat and effort into it? Now, again, some of you are going to object. Well, that sounds like that's works righteousness. No. Uh, when we work and dig for it, that's the, that's the expression of true faith. Is Jesus, the treasure of Jesus, worth you and me losing some sleep? Is it worth you and me losing some sweat? Is it worth you and me putting some effort. Some of you have forgotten. Some of you have tasted, but you've forgotten what a treasure Jesus Christ is. If, again, if this were my funeral, which is not, thank you, Jesus, <clears throat> if, this, if this were my funeral, I would want to say to you, keep Jesus as the apple of your eye. Make him the apple of your eye. Treasure up his commands because you treasure him. And some of you have forgotten how treasure-worthy Jesus is. Some of you have forgotten that when, when you're in darkness, Jesus has said to you, I am the light of the world. If you believe in me, you will not walk in darkness. Some of you have forgotten that when you were exhausted and suffering and in turmoil, Jesus, the treasure of God, says to you, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of you have forgotten when you are feeling in bondage, feeling entrapped. Jesus has declared to us through Paul that where he is, there is liberty. Some of you have forgotten that when you're feeling dead inside, maybe you're feeling dead towards other people, maybe you're feeling dead towards this church, maybe you're feeling dead towards the purposes and uh, mission of God, maybe you're feeling Maybe, maybe fear about the future of this church has gripped you so much that it's paralyzed you. Maybe some of you have, have felt uh, so uh, incapacitated by recent years, by the trials and difficulties of recent years, you just feel dead inside. Some of you have forgotten that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The worship team could come on up. These next songs, I want to encourage you now, whether you have been uh, 
whether you've forgotten some of these basic truths or whether it's been a while since you've really relished the, the uh, unsearchable riches of Christ or, or, or whether it's, it's uh, whether you've, um, there's some of you in this room who have never even gone into the entryway before. And you, you have, uh, maybe you grew up Christian. Maybe you grew up with really great Christian parents and a great Christian family, but you've never crossed the line into that entryway. You've never sold everything you have for this treasure in the field that is Jesus Christ. Today is a great day to do that. So we sing these next couple of songs. Now is the day, now is the time to come into the palace that is Jesus Christ and begin to embrace the unsearchable riches that are in Christ. Let us feast on him together. Amen. How great is our God. Almighty God, you are so great. You are greater than any human imagination can ever wrap itself around, Lord. You, you are worthy of all that we have. You are worthy to have us sell everything we have to gain the treasure that is in Christ, the unsearchable riches that are in Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ, that is the, that is the secret to all devotion. It's the secret to all joy. It's the secret to all progress and holiness. It's the secret to all, <clears throat> all growth, all spiritual growth. It's the secret to evangelism. It's the secret to uh, all uh, work. It's the secret when, the, when things get rough. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you, would you come capture our affections with the unsearchable riches of Christ? And now... with the grace of God our Father, with the unlimited wealth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and with the immediate access to those riches in the Holy Spirit, you go from here, and everywhere you go this week, treasure the Lord God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and treasure one another, even as he treasures us. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.